Welcome to I Feel Tried, the podcast. I'm Des, and joining me in just a couple moments is a very, very special guest from one of my new favorite shows on MTV. It's not a new show, but my ass was late to the party in finding it, and now I'm so glad I did. I don't want to say actually yet what it is, so you're just going to have to wait like one more minute and just deal with my babbling, and then we'll get into it. (laughs) There's no drinking game this week, because when I asked a few weeks ago if you guys even care about it, didn't really get much feedback, so there's your answer. (laughs) I'm going to just... You know, whenever I feel like putting some cute little sound bit in, I'm going to just do it like that. So, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then before we dive into this interview, I need to acknowledge the historic day that we just had a couple days before this. Um, I'm referring to, of course, the police officer that killed George Floyd. He has been found guilty for murder and manslaughter, and I think it's a relief. My individual opinion is that this is a relief. I feel that justice is being served for this case. Of course, there are countless, like legitimately countless other cases where there's been no justice. I mean, most recently, Breonna Taylor, which I still can't believe that in this country that I have always been proud of. And now I'm like, wait, what? Um, but anyways, historic day. I don't want to ignore that. And I'm sure you are all feeling lots of things when it comes to that topic. So go ahead and feel valid. Unless you have one of those bullshit opinions who say that people deserve to die when they do something like use a counterfeit 20 bill or do pretty much any other crime, okay? No one deserves to die. So you can take that and you know where to put it. (laughs) Okay, anyways, let's shift gears back into what this episode is for, and that is to have an amazing time with our guests. So without further ado, here we go. My guest today is a beauty influencer. She runs a successful YouTube channel documenting her personal life, makeup tutorials, and behind the scenes exclusives. You've also seen her on TV shows like X on the Beach and Glam Masters. Welcome to the show, La Demi. Hi everyone. What's up? How are we doing? We're doing good. I'm freaking boiling in this Texas heat, but you know what? I might throw my bikini on and you might find me at the pool. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I did not know that you were in Texas too. I just moved here uh, in February. So I'm a new uh, Texas Bama, like I like to call myself. <laughs> and you're a fellow Texas Bama. <laughs> 100%. Do you love it? I love it. I mean, I grew up visiting family out here um, in San Antonio is where I am. And so I just have the best memories of visiting here and going to Canyon Lake. And um, of course, the affordability. I was able to check every single box of uh, things that I wanted. You know, oh. even little things like the appliances and like the color of the cabinets and I have exactly what I want, and I'm just so happy. So I love it. You know, I didn't respect Texas growing up here. Like, I was like, oh, I hate it here. I want to move to LA. I want to move to LA, like, my whole life growing up. And now that I'm older, 
and like look at things in a different like scheme like i love country music i love coming back to visit i think countrymen are so freaking hot like (laughs) i like such a different viewpoint from being a kid that to now and now i i just respect texas so much more i love to hear that and you look like a full-on texas housewife you're giving me some like wilderness vibes with your outfit i love it (laughs) 100 percent in my camo gear already um camouflaging looking for a husband You're already on the hunt right now. <laughs> 100% I'm on the hunt. <laughs> That's so amazing. Uh, what part of Texas are you in? Um, Bernie, Texas, which is like right outside oh. San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. My cousin lives there. Uh, and She got married, I think, like two years ago or three years ago. I forget. And uh, I was here for that. So I got to see Bernie. And That's it's really cool. Her tricks are because I need to get married, too. <laughs> she married a cowboy. <laughs> so Kudos to her. Yeah, but um, we're not that cool anymore. So uh, I don't know. I couldn't. Uh, that's right. <laughs> couldn't tell you what she did. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I'm excited to have you. So again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. There's so much to get into. I have a lot of questions for you. Um, and before we get into our first segment, I just wanted to give a really cool mention to the fact that Kim Kardashian handpicked you to be cast on Glam Masters back in 2018, which was also hosted by Laverne Cox. So two of the most beautiful, influential, like queens of life picked you to be on the show. So you guys are just amongst each other. I love it. I think it's so surreal. And even to this day, I'm like, I owe that girl, well, that woman so much respect for just putting me on the map and starting my career for me. Literally, I know when Lifetime called me, they're like, Kim Kardashian has handpacked you handpicked you as like her top seven so i was like in her top seven that needed to be on the show and i'm pretty sure they weren't supposed to tell me that but when they told me that (laughs) i was like totally in cahoots i was like are you kidding me kim kardashian herself has come to my instagram and lurked yeah so i I think it's so amazing and i think the whole experience of getting to meet laverne cox i just think in the community in the trans community she's just someone that is so inspirational and holds it down 24 7 so i think it was just so inspiring i feel like getting to meet her in person so yeah so you i know that you had interactions with laverne in person did you have any interactions with kim um, Kim actually not, no, not interactions until after at BeautyCon, mm-hmm. uh, we were backstage and she was just like, I just want to tell you, uh, red looks amazing on you. And she was like, you're killing it, whatever. But I had inter- interactions with Laverne actually, when I was eliminated from the show, the judges called me mm-hmm. back to come back in and I came back in and Laverne grabbed me and she said, I just want to tell you that this is not your journey. She was like, you have so much more to you that's going to go on she said but this door is open now so she's like it's going to lead to the next and the next and the next and she was like you were just going to keep elevating sister you got this so i w- i don't know if they called anyone else backstage and had those private conversations but i thought it was so amazing that laverne and um mario had called me backstage just to have that little pep talk to let me know that that was not my time or path but i was going to go on to better and bigger things Absolutely. And we have seen you done so since then. I'm excited to get into that in just a minute. Um, But it's so funny that you mentioned she wanted to tell you about how good red looks on you because something that I love about you is how you can freaking pull off like platinum blonde one day and then literally the next day go to like the darkest brown because not everyone can do that. And I think it's so I, I can't pick which one I like more. I love it. Yeah, either. And I have my best friend, Patrick Starr. 
screams at me. He's like, Demi, black is it. You're the new age Megan Fox. I'm like, whoa, 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 chill the fuck out. I am not anywhere near that. He's like, no, you need to cut out with the blonde. And then I have Nikita being like, you need the blonde. You need the blonde. So it's just all my friends always screaming at me, the different hair colors. So I just, you know what? If I wake up and it's black, it's black. And if I wake up and it's blonde, it's blonde. There, I mean, damn, does that how it works? <laughs> you wake up and it chooses itself. <laughs> well, it's a problem for the hairstylist, but. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I love it. I hope you just keep doing both because, again, it's so cool. Like when you see someone who can, you know, always be blonde and then they pull off dark because it doesn't happen very often. So you got you got some fun little tricks up your sleeve. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. So let's get into our first segment then. I have a list of various items, ideas, and behaviors. If you like what I'm saying, you can say thank you. And if you don't, you can say next. Okay. So this is thank you next. Love it. First off, drugstore makeup. Next. A hard next? Immediate next. I, I've tried it. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Immediately. Okay. All right. Um, magnetic lashes. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't, I, I fill in my eyebrows and sometimes I put on a lash, but like, I don't like do makeup. So how does magnetic lashes work? Like, I would think they're super freaking heavy on your eyes. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep it totally 100. I was totally against it. I was like, I will never jump onto that trend. How stupid does it sound? <laughs> and then I got a brand deal sponsorship with Moxie Lash. And they were like, please just try our magnetic lashes. Mm -hmm. It was the fastest thing I ever applied to my eyelash. And the fact that like it just grips on because it's the magnetic, you know, magnetic, like it just immediately snaps together. Okay. I was like, it, it was the flat, fastest lash I ever had. So now if I'm just on the go during the day, my, my kind of lash, lash all the way. Hey, okay, okay. How about Instagram filters? Oh, thank you very much. Yes. I know, I hate like, you know, not trying to shade the people out there that do this, but like there's those people that think that like, filters are just like ruining society and that they're even, I mean, going as far as to say that it can give people like, uh body dysmorphia and i'm like damn girl like it's not that serious i feel like that's a personal issue always if, yeah. if that's how you feel then go seek help because there's something deeper going on but just for the fun of it of throwing the filter on feeling cute having skin yes. looking smooth and snatched have fun girl do your thing 100 all the way a filter absolutely i know i don't post without one so <laughs> i'm on the same board as you as you know my social media i don't either <laughs> yes 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 okay so now let's move into the dating world here how about dating an ex um 100% thank you oh oh wow 100% even <laughs> I think my ex and I don't even want to say ex because every time I call him an ex he's like he immediately just he's like don't call me an ex because he never <laughs> wants to be one but um Nico Tortorella I would always date him forever and ever and ever that's that's my everything I meant to ask you about that so how do you guys know each other is it because you dated um, we dated for like four years off and on. And then before that, he met me when I was 17 in the club in LA. Mm -hmm. And we went to an after party and he was just in cahoots and was like, I need her number. I need her number. I ended up blacking out, falling asleep, doing the whole nine. And then two years later, he found me on Instagram, DM'd me, and then we rekindled. Ooh. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's fate. So I understand that then. 
guy. Okay. I met him at the Abbey in West Hollywood one time. And you know what's so sad is I slowed down on my partying now. But um, back then I was just freaking wasted all the time. And I don't even remember meeting him. But my friend the next day was like, oh, my God, do you remember meeting meeting Nico Tortorella? I'm like, are you kidding me? I met him. And she's like, you took a video and you posted about it. I'm like, oh, my God. And in the video, I'm like, oh, like taking a selfie. It was gross. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't blame you for that one. <laughs> the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. We'll take the time for anyone in the world. And literally my soulmate. So when everyone says I will never date an ex, I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I would that one. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to have the right ex. <laughs> exactly. How about dating a guy uh, or girl? I, I don't know what your preferences are, but um, somebody with an OnlyFans. Next. Next. Okay. Immediately. I need to hear I need to hear your input because I've asked other people this and I get mixed reviews. Mine is a next just because I feel like I'm like jealous and not that I'm proud of it, but like uh, I can't share my man with the world. Exactly. I, I mean, I just feel like I'm going to be so up to pressure knowing that this person has an OnlyFans and they their job is living off of talking to people on messages to keep their income coming and, you know, flirting with people and posting sexual things, you know. I'm a Scorpio, so 100% when someone's with me, I'm crazy, bitch. I'm possessive. I, they're just for me. I'm not sharing nobody. Get oh that God. out of your head immediately if not sooner. <laughs> So I I just think that the OnlyFans is one thing to already be competing with bitches out here mm -hmm. um, with my man looking hot. So I, I, I just couldn't do it. I would just say next. Next. Okay. I'm with you on that. And the last one, open relationships. Once again, I mean, I can't say next and I can't say thank you because when I was dating Nico, for instance, um, it was very much he was pansexual and open to like still dating other girls and I kind of allowed it so through our relationship I allowed him dating other people mm -hmm. not allowed he just he just was and I mean so I've done it before but I, I think it plays with the heart a little too much so I can't say thinking I can't say next <laughs> because I've been there and I've done it so yeah. I guess a case-by-case basis Yes, it depends on the person. It depends on that establishment that I grow with them of mm -hmm. trust and things like that. As long as I'm that bad bitch at the end of the at the end of the fucking day in bed with them, that's all that matters. Okay, alrighty. Yeah, I find that um, you know when I talk to like my heterosexual friends or even like my sister in law, I had this conversation with her once about how like it's just such a I don't know if I should use the word prominent, but like it is a definitely present feature in the lgbtq community to like have open relationships and like i don't get it you know i hope that like i don't just have to succumb to one one of these days to like be in a long-term relationship because i don't feel like i just don't feel like that's my only option you know so i get it uh, i know exactly i mean it's not my first option never and it's definitely something you just have to like really know someone for i think I think open relationships are for something like, let's say you've been married for 10 years and you both know you love each other, but y'all still want to live life and venture a little bit and have fun with other things. Mm. Then I can understand an open relationship then, you know, but I think anything new and starting, it should be about that one person 24 seven. Like mm -hmm. there's something special about being old school like that. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. 
the old yeah. fashioned like courting phase and like dating. The and... old fashioned guy showing up on my doorstep with flowers to say I'm sorry. That's the kind of shit I need. Yes, yes. Ex- although he shouldn't be sorry about anything because he should just not fuck up in the first place, right? <laughs> That's right. And I know there's a Taylor Swift song for that. <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm going to keep this short and sweet for you all. Thank you to both of our sponsors this week, BlendersEyewear.com and TakeArecess.com. They have offered our listeners special discounts for listening to this podcast. These discounts apply to anything you see site-wide. So that's subscriptions, it's apparel, it's beverages, it's sunglasses, it's everything you see site-wide. Hey Go ahead and click the link in my bio at It's Des Andrew or on the podcast page at I Feel Tried. Click whichever one you want to shop from and the discount code will automatically apply to your basket. So in case you forget, I got you covered. You can pick out some cute things and I can win a little bit too. Yay! Well, like people listening already know, we saw you most recently on MTV's X on the Beach, which was the first time that the American series did it in a snow setting and not actually on a beach, right? Yes, and the first time they made it international all around the world. Oh my god, you're right, actually, huh? Because the other ones were just American, and then, yeah, they brought in a lot of people from other countries. You're right about that. Yeah, Yeah. so how do you feel about your time that you spent on the show, X on the Beach? Um, I will say it was very challenging. I was very 100 and real on the show. Um, as a lot of people say that, you know, reality TV scripted or this and that, mm-hmm. I was not scripted. <laughs> no one fed me a line. Yeah. Like I was just literally being enclosed in a house for two months with these people and trying to navigate. And I think the best thing I got out of it was not falling in love, but falling in love with myself because I realized so many things that I did personally as a person that kept me back from making friendships, that kept me back from falling in love, that kept me back from letting someone in. So I think that shows so much because it made me grow so much into a better person and learn to love myself. That's awesome. I mean, that's priceless. Um, We also saw you make good friendships too, though. I mean, you got really close to people like Adore Delano, who I love, obviously. (laughs) I love me so much. That's my sister. And I'm so sad. We were going on tour this year. We were, I'm just going to say it. We were, I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. We were <laughs> about to start filming a new reality show together and everything just stopped because of COVID. <sighs> Miss Rona fucked up our whole thing, but Adore is still my girl. Oh, we still good. talk and, you know, there's still things in the works, but yes. I love me from Adore forever. That's my soulmate. That's my sis. I couldn't have made it on that show without her. I'm so happy to hear that. So did you know each other before the show or you just met and then like instantly clicked? We knew of each other. And the funny thing that I always say is when I walk, came into the house, immediately she was like, <gasps> looking at me, she was like, you're fucking dick, bitch. And I was like, thank you. But she sat next to me so close and I scooted over a little bit because I was like, oh no, this bitch is not sitting next to me. I'm not going to get clocked. Like I sat cl- <laughs> like further away and she was like, she looked at me and she scooted closer and I scooted more over and she scooted more over too. And I was like, you know what? I just fucked with you now. I love you. <laughs> 
that's how it started. And then ever since then, we shared our room together and we just shared that whole journey together. Yeah, I loved seeing it. It, it seemed like a genuine friendship. Um, I think you guys, it was like a safe space between the two of you. Um, but I also saw you get close with some of the other people like Marlon and um, Callum and uh, Georgia. Yes. Georgia is the first girl I opened up to on the show of being trans. Yeah. And um, which is really weird for me because I always, with girlfriends I've ever had, it's really hard for me to open up to them about anything about me because they, t girls tend to use it to their advantage of whenever they're mad at me, um, telling guys my tea and telling them like, oh, she's trans. And like, you know, using it as a revenge tactic rather than, you know, taking it to heart and knowing that it's something really deep and personal. Yeah. Um, so she was the first girl I just trusted on the show. I still talk to her here and there, but not as much as Callum. Mm -hmm. Callum is just the the best guy I've ever met and still to this day, you know, always with the checking up on me. How are you doing? Are you okay? Love you. Mm -hmm. all, the whole night. So I think it was really amazing to um, go on to that show and not know that I was going to get so much love by such um cisgendered heterosexual men you yeah, know it absolutely. was and i love i love that i was so lucky to show that to the world to show other trans girls and not even only the trans people but other people out there that no matter what you are you can be loved and you deserve love and there is straight men and other people out there that understand it and they're not all jerks and they're not all assholes it is very important to see that we need allies in yeah. the lgbtq community so i agree with that <laughs> Um, but jumping back to what you said, oh my gosh, does that actually, you've actually encountered women that will say that and almost weaponize you confiding in them? Almost every single best girlfriend I've ever had. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Which is usually why I'm the bitch that walks in with a hundred guys because my guy friends don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's nasty. And like, I have to really be careful because girls really weaponize that and use it to their advantage and it's just you know gotta be careful i mean absolutely but oh my god that's i'm dumbfounded by that Jeez, why would you oh that's just like messy it's also like super dangerous like do they not understand like the gravity of what that could be 100 percent. i mean i've been i won't get into it but i will just state that i've been thrown into the worst scenarios because girls have done that to me mm -hmm. and let's say there was you know a heterosexual man out there hitting on me then she gets jealous says it and then that man goes in cahoots and he's like mad that you know and that puts me in danger oh, yeah. so it's a very serious thing that's why i just always be careful and you know what if you don't your tea is no one's business yeah. to anyone listening your tea is no one's business being trans being gay it's all labels you know what mm -hmm. keep it to yourself and unless you feel comfortable then tell someone but other than that no one needs to know a fucking thing yeah 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 absolutely so i want to ask you about daniel one of your other cast members who didn't seem to like warm up to anyone on the cast was he as awkward awful. as he appeared on tv in real life just awful just awful, awful, awful. He was awkward. He was awful. When they told us that we can vote someone home, we, we all didn't waste one second to vote his ass home. <laughs> oh, no. It's such a disappointment because look how gorgeous he is to look at. And that's it. And when I watched him, I was like, who brought the Abbey here? <laughs> he looks like very much West Hollywood, the Abbey. But that's so, a good thing. Would... That's a good thing. I'm going to come in and save that yeah, comment. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because I was like, damn, this six pack, everything. Someone brought the Abby dancer here. Yes. So then right. I was like, but like, once talking to him, you were like talking to a wall. 
Like, oh, he couldn't, whatever. Unless it was a conversation about him and his ego, there was no conversation. Ugh. So what were his motives even being there? You think just to, like, get a better following and be on TV? I guess so, because he's been on The Bachelor, what, a hundred times? He's been on The Bachelor, like, five times, and he's still a single and not. Uh, fuck. This is so it's safe to say you guys are like best friends since leaving the show. I would say 100% best friends. Super close. <laughs> Super close. Speak every day. Everything I said well. about Callum, I, I mean it even more towards Daniel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was very awkward to watch, even though it was fun to look at him. But it was like, okay, you're not clicking in the house. And I always wonder what that would be like to be in a show where you're actually living with your cast members. And uh, I'm sure there's a sense of pressure on you as an individual to, like, feel connected to your cast members. Well, listen, we were on a reality TV show filmed 24-7. After, after the actual cameraman left and there was just the house cameras, we would all go downstairs, drink, party till, like, 2, 3 in the morning. He was in bed by 10 p.m. As soon as the cameras left, like, the cameraman, he would put his... Um, what is it called? The earplugs? Oh, God. Yeah. We put the earplugs in and go to bed. And we were all like, you're on a show trying to find something to date. Like, yeah. what are you doing in bed every night at 10 p.m. with your earplugs in? So it was just like, I think definitely he was not there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Even if there's someone you're not connecting with, you force yourself. You're on TV, babe. This is a dating show. Go force yourself to go out there. Go talk to someone. Mm-hmm. How um how was the pressure to like be camera ready? Did you feel that at all? Like in the morning, holy shit, if I had a camera, I'd be like, I would have to fall asleep with my eyebrows on so that I wake up with them still on. <laughs> they, I was the first one to wake up always because I had a wig to install. I had my makeup to do. I would never, and I was always the last one to make it downstairs on the couch and everyone would be waiting on me. And I, I felt so awful, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? If y'all want to film, go on and film without me. Yeah. And they'd be like, we're not filming without you, bitch. So, I mean, it was a lot of pressure, especially to waking up in the morning. The cameras were right there, like the big, we call mm -hmm. them bazookas. Me and Adore called them bazookas yeah. because they were so huge. Yeah. But you would literally open your eye with crusties in your eye and they would be standing there with their big cameras right in your fucking face. And yeah. you'd be like, are you serious? So I got to the point to where that when the PAs, the, the assistants mm -hmm. on set would come and wake me up at six o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, go bully someone else. Go bully <laughs> someone else get out of here yeah. and a door would get so mad because they would spend so long trying to wake me up to get ready that a door would be like can you just get the fuck up i want to i want to sleep get up demi <laughs> and i would be like oh okay and i would just have to get up but <laughs> it, it was it was a lot of pressure yeah, I bet. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine to like have to, I don't know, I would put that pressure on myself to be like, oh my god, I, there's a double chin because they got me at a weird angle. Like, I swear, I don't always look like that. <laughs> That's why the filters, going back to the filters. <laughs> going back to the filters, and I saw a couple scenes where I was uncomfortable, but I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm, I'm not perfect, so this lets the world know I'm not perfect. Like, yeah. There we go. And we as individuals are probably the only ones really thinking about it, you know, about, oh, there, yeah, that one right. split second. <laughs> exactly. We're the worst critics about ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so aside from the couple that you mentioned, is there anybody else from the show that you've stayed in touch with? I know we saw you get really cozy with Marlon for a bit. Do you still keep in touch with him? Uh, we don't. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No talking or nothing. Every now and then he'll, you know, swipe up on my story and be like, you look incredible. But other than that, no. How did you feel about that as a whole? Because it was definitely fun to watch. I mean, he was another one that was really good to look at. 
he was amazing, a great guy. Um, but I think him and I both were journeying through our own personal growth. Like, as on you saw on the show, he, him and his dad, you know, didn't have a good connection because he was bisexual and he was battling with that and I was battling with all my guards up so I think we really were into each other and it was so real but we both had a lot of things we had to work through with ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah I understand that so your presence on YouTube has been something that you've been doing for what like five years Uh, my presence on YouTube has been since 2012 2012 Um, holy shit so you're coming up on 10 years Yes, but I've been so inconsistent with it. Mm-hmm. It's always been, you know, my fans and everyone being like, Demi, you need to post more. It's just, I really am so busy that it's so hard for me to nowadays to sit down and edit a whole video. So mm-hmm. I try to when I can, but my presence on YouTube has been there and it's intense because sometimes when I get bored and look back on the videos, you completely see the growth in me from being, you know, a little 17 year old boy in LA trying to figure things out to being the woman that I am now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's it's amazing to watch um, from all your followers. And I know I've done my research and I, I just see a little bit of everything. You know, I love that there's humor. I love that there's some of your skill set with makeup and following your personal life. Um, before we get into that, I think I should probably put our last game, which kind of deals in that beauty realm of your fellow influencers and makeup artists. Uh, so I want to see if you can go ahead and clock who has more followers. This is Under the Influencer. Okay. okay. So I'm going to put two makeup artists, and then the last one is a little special surprise. But um, the first four are going to be pairs of makeup artists and influencers. And you're going to let me know who you think has the bigger following. Okay. So number one, Manny Gutierrez versus Trixie Mattel. And this is on Instagram. Uh, Trixie. Trixie. Actually, Manny, makeup artist, uh, has 4 million while Trixie has 2.3 million. Ugh. Do you know Trixie? Have you ever met her? I've met her, I think, once because of Nico. Mm-hmm. He did Nico's makeup. But um, no, I, I don't think I have. But I just figured because she's just so stunning and so sickening with like her talent. I love Trixie. So yeah. funny. It's like a, it's like such a different kind of humor, but it's always so funny. I love it. Okay, number two, Jeffree Star versus your best friend, like you said, Patrick Star. Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star, you are right. While your friend Patrick, though, does have a respectable 4.4 million, um, Jeffree has a whopping 13.8 million. So you're right. And number three, let's see if I can pronounce this name. I was practicing earlier and I feel like I forgot now, but (laughs) Mario D. Divanovic, makeup by Mario? Yes. Okay, versus Nikki Tutorials. Mario. No, 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 no. Nikki. Nikki. Do you know how to say Mario's last name? <laughs> Devonovic. Or there's yeah, an Devonovic. extra like D in front of it. It's like D Diva Novik. So D D Devonovic. It's Devonovic, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So you switched your answer to Nikki, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are right. Nikki has fourteen point five million, while Mario has a whopping eight point three million. My God, 
can you imagine these millions and millions and millions of followers? Oh my God, that's crazy. I mean, but you know too, you have a whopping following as well. Um, and number four, James Charles versus Huda Katan. James Charles. Actually, Huda has a massive 48.2 million, while James oh Charles God. has 27.2 million. <laughs> Oh my god! I know that's right. So Huda, I don't. I mean, again, I'm not like immersed in the uh, in the beauty world. Is Huda like a like a huge um, makeup distributor? Yes, she her both first and foremost, her products are sickening, mm -hmm. and secondly, she's really huge in Dubai. She's like the biggest brand in Dubai, so oh. I can see that. And I I know I know the brand Huda. Is it Huda or Huda? I say Huda. Huda. Huda Beauty, right? Is that like in retail stores and everything too? I feel like I've seen that. Uh-huh. It's yeah. in Sephora. In Sephora. Okay. Do you like her? I'm getting a, a kind of a cold cold vibe here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, I love her. I, okay. I, I, honestly, I think she's sickening and amazing. So oh, okay. Cool, cool. I, okay. Yeah. And the last pair is the host edition, Laverne Cox versus Romeo Miller. Romeo? Who gives better looks? Laverne. <laughs> you are right. Miss Laverne Cox with 4.5 million while Romeo has 2 million. Wow. Was Romeo cool to meet? Uh, He was cute. Yeah? He was cute, yeah. I flirted here and there. <laughs> did he flirt back? He did. Good. He did. <laughs> he was really, he was a sweet, sweet, sweet chat. Yeah. I remember like him and Bow Wow were around like the same time growing up. Uh, I think I have a couple years on you. Um, and so I just can't like, to me in my mind, they haven't grown up. So it's so funny to see them like as grown men. And I'm like, wait, what the hell? How are you not still like, like Mike back in uh, 99? <laughs> exactly. I think I vaguely remember very Romeo vibes, but it was more so Bow Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I grew up with Hilary Duff. Yeah. With Hannah, with Hannah Montana being my Hillary Duff. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely, I was around for the Hannah Montana days too. I was like a That's a Raven kind of guy or like a... Middle school to watch Hannah Montana always. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, so jumping back into your YouTube channel, which uh, it sounds like you want to become a little bit more consistent on that. But what I saw that was pretty recent and super personal that you opened up about um, a surgery that you recently had. Yes, I had the finalization to my transition, which was my FFS, facial feminization surgery. And basically, it's a very excruciating pain. <laughs> Okay, well, that is a first for this show, ladies and gentlemen. We are 69 episodes in, and never have I ever had somebody have their like computer or phone or tablet or whatever die in the middle of an interview. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Whoa, okay, so, um, I don't have much control over this situation. I wish I did. Uh, so I'm sorry to everybody listening that you don't get a complete interview. I tried my best to contact Lademi and to get her to finish. I mean, I had like 10 more minutes planned of this episode. 
and she is just so busy and uh yeah so i want to thank her for what she did contribute to this episode because i'm excited for you to be able to listen in on that like i said before And also something to look forward to is next week's episode. I'm going to be chatting with one of the experts of the Free Britney movement. Ah, Free Britney, everyone. No, but for real. Uh, This guy's legit. He is one of the head organizers, one of the pillars of the movement. He was featured in the New York Times documentary that was just on Hulu. I believe it was called Framing Britney Spears. Uh, I definitely saw the whole thing. I'm just iffy on if that's the name. Didn't do a fact check before I turned on the mic, so (laughs) just Google it. (laughs) Uh, So that's to come next Thirsty Thursday. And for this Thirsty Thursday, I hope you are enjoying yourself. The weekend is coming up, so I hope you enjoy your beautiful weekend. Thank you so much for listening, and sorry again, everybody, that you don't get a complete episode. I tried my best to make sure that we could, and it just did not work out in my favor. Uh, Thanks again to LaDemi for being a part of this episode, and thank you everyone for bearing with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye.